When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. We'll come to him now, Lusick. Go to the outside, good hands, there's the try! Montoya will score! Terrific work by Pompey, and they've given themselves a chance. Four plays gone, this will be the last right here. It's Johnson, a 53-metre field goal attempt, knocked backwards, play on! It's still there for the Warriors, the Rabbitohs clean it up, and that is game over! Yes, this is Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for Smithy. That was the Warriors from the weekend. It was an absolutely abysmal first half from them. And joining us to talk about the magic round uh, is the voice of rugby league and uh, cohort on SEN over in Australia, Andrew Voss. G'day, mate. How are you? Uh, g'day, Ricardo. Nice to speak to you again. Lovely to be with the listeners this morning. Can I say right off the top, in reaction, if you're running a little bit of the Warriors there, I reckon I speak on behalf of a lot of Warriors fans by saying... We're over second-half comebacks. Is taking any sort of victory out of that. Um, you know what I'm saying there? Yeah. I, I actually talked to a few uh, Warriors fans yesterday. I was on yesterday afternoon, and they were saying, look, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't come back and win because otherwise it would be glossed over. We need to talk about that first half. Yeah, well, the first half, and South Sydney uh, can do that, I must say, but I haven't seen more than on their um, form this year. They're like a 30-minute football side. In that 30 minutes, they can be very good. But, uh, yeah, Warriors had to be better uh, than what they started with. Coming off that defeat last week against Cronulla, I wanted the Warriors' best work to be in the first half. In fact, I'm sure Warriors fans demanded that of their side. So disappointing were they against the reduced Sharks when they got down to 11 there at one stage. The Warriors had to be great in their first half, or close enough to, and it didn't happen. So, you know, the fact that they've come back in the second half, I've still got grave concerns now for where the Warriors are at. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of uh, talk at the moment is around Trent Barrett's future. I don't think there's enough talk about Nathan Brown's future. Do you? Are you surprised you're not seeing more about that? Oh, gee, there's coaches under pressure everywhere, left, right and centre at the moment. I mean, Nathan wants a reaction from his team. He works hard. He's, he, he'd be... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I doubt whether Nathan's had a decent sleep for quite some time worrying about his team and, um, and, and you know, the game plan to be there every week. But, uh, you know, the effort has to be there. I mean, I, I look at other teams. I, I, I will say this. The worst performance of the weekend, well, in some ways it was the Sharks, to be honest, the team that beat the Warriors mm. the previous week. They were incredibly underwhelming. But on the Bulldogs' performance on Friday night, he's all about coaches under pressure. They may have tried, and Trenbo said they tried, but they didn't try hard enough. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know what the Bulldogs do, but they're, they're, if you do a crisis order at the moment, Bulldogs are number one. Don't worry about that. They are absolute number one. And 
teams like the Newcastle Knights, who wouldn't have beaten any other side in the comp, bar the Bulldogs on Friday night, get a win, and suddenly Adam O'Brien's not being mentioned this morning. That is the way we roll here in rugby league week to week. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're exactly right. That was very much a whoever loses this is under the pump uh, in the headlines all the next week. Well, what about the Seagulls? They're not getting mentioned too much as well. well that that yeah. blowout. Yeah, look, that was um, look. First of all, talk the positive. Brisbane, uh, their form is real uh, and, and much improved. You know, where they've really improved is their defence. They they show desperation. Their scramble is good. But with Manly, uh, look, I had them in my top four this year. They, they don't look like a top four side for mine. And if, you know, Tom Trevojevic, it was fine for Des Hackler to say after the game, no, knee's fine, knee's fine. And I'm hearing reports that perhaps it was a cork. That's why they left him on. But, gee, he was a not a passenger, but he was, you know, running at 70% the other night at best. I don't see how the Seagulls were best served by that. And, and you know, 38 nil full-time scoreline leaves you thinking, well... You know, they're bottom, they're bottom of the eight side at best. They're certainly not top four. They're nowhere near the Panthers or Melbourne, Manly. Nowhere near it at all. And I tell you a bloke that, I don't know if you've noticed this at all, Vossi, but a bloke that feels like he's really gone off the boil, and I don't know if it's off the boil or if it's just, you know, he's getting to that point of his career where things start to to to, uh, to flag a little bit. But Jake Trebojevic doesn't seem to be the player that we know he can be. No, he, look, his defence is still outstanding. He's still a wonderful defender, Jake, and he's, he's he's part of heart and soul here. He's one of the big talkers in the teams. But, yeah, you do wonder, the attack these days, the modern-day attack, the 13 has to be sharp, ball player, can bust, can offload. Like, they've got to be all things. They've become such a key position. They're called the middle forward. And, you know, you look at your, your Cameron Murray, Isaiah Yo, Penrith without Isaiah Yo, totally different team. He does such a great job. Jake Trebojevic doesn't quite get there in that modern-day role. So, yeah, it's almost to a point where Jake becomes, for, for me, he becomes a 10 or an 8. Yeah, you're playing a front row with uh, with Jake and said, this is your job, Jake. Hit up, quick play the ball, and we'll get someone else into the 13. Um, but, um, yeah, I, look, I, I just say, I've, I've overestimated Manly this year. I had them in my top four. I had them challenging for the grand final, but I think I've, I've overshot them there. Um, Manly on what I've seen. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't uh, disagree with you, but it, I think Kevy Walters deserves a massive slap on the back for, for the way he's turned the Broncos around. And, you know, from a New Zealand point of view as well, how much of a fairy tale is uh, the Tamari Martin story? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. That's particularly when it's come around um, part of the, you know, the concussion story that, yeah, and that's a big story across the world of sport. But he would be one of the few, I would think, who have had in any sport, and I'll stand corrected, that have had their careers written off, like that's it, cue in the rack, and has come back now and is playing you know, a really confident role because he had to be nervous coming back. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd have to have doubts. Obviously, you have to have doubts. We're not talking about coming back from broken leg or something's been fixed medically. You know, there's nothing he could take to get him back to the position where he's where he's playing again. So, no, he's one of the good stories of the year. There's there's no question of that. And then there's other blokes at the Broncos, Adam Reynolds, fair dinkum. Did anyone think he was that good? Like, I'm saying we all knew he's, he's been a premiership-winning player and, and, and very good. But he's he's gone from good to great at the Broncos, Adam Reynolds. Like, uh, it's just wonderful. And then you see the young blokes feeding off him. I mean, Selwyn Cobbo. Out on the right wing. I mean, we're talking Queensland origin for Selwood now. 
Um, would that have happened if Adam Reynolds hadn't gone to the club? I mean, Adam Reynolds is making other players look good, which is which is the true sign of greatness in a team and the impact on a side. Well, there's another question for you. I mean, I know he's, he's playing his footy in Queensland, but could he be in a blue jersey come origin? Well, people have said that um, about... Well, Cleary's got the jersey, but last year when Cleary missed... Uh, through injury, Mitchell Moses was given the nod mm. ahead of Adam Reynolds. Now, if the same scenario presented itself now, Mitchell Moses having a good season, but I don't think I could. I don't think I couldn't pick. I don't, there's no way I could overlook Adam Reynolds. Um, and they can say, well, that Moses is younger, so we're looking down the track. No, forget the birth certificates. Go on form. Adam Reynolds would be in origin, and if you know, even if you pick Reynolds ahead of Cleary. Um, I'm not going to be overly disappointed, but I think Cleary's not the spot, obviously, as the seven, and Reynolds would have to be the next cab off the ring. Now, coming up this weekend, the Cowboys, who are currently uh, third, play the Storm, uh, who are second, of course, but the Storm coming off that 32-6 to six hiding. The mm. Cowboys won't be thanking the Penrith Panthers for that. But uh, I, mean, I know uh, Craig Bellamy, he'd be getting into his team because I know they were missing Jerome Hughes and I know they're missing Ryan Pappenhausen, but they've still got guys like Cameron Munster, Harry Grant. You know, they've got some great forwards. They've got Brandon Smith coming off the bench. Uh, this Melbourne Storm team should not be losing by that many points uh, to, you know, their biggest premiership rivals, should they? Well, the thing was, Pappenhausen's out and Hughes is out. That's fine to say. Um, and, and that's valid. You know, that's obviously going to, um, you know, make it tougher. But the Melbourne forwards were outpointed uh, there on Saturday night. Clearly, clearly outpointed by the Penrith pack. And then tactically, off the back of the forward domination, Penrith also outsmarted Melbourne. And the Penrith left side attack, how well are they going? Jerome Luai, mm. Viliami Kikau, the young setter Isaac Tago. Uh, very impressed with that. Now, they come up against the Cowboys side that I got to call last night and, and have done a number of times this year. Gee, they're playing for their coach now. Uh, you know, tactically, they have been, they've been, you know, they look so much sharper. They, they're the most improved side in the competition. And did you notice last night, Jason Tamalolo looking ahead, Todd Payton was in a luxury position last night. He didn't have to send him back on. There was no injury. I'm keeping my main man fresh for a clash against Melbourne. I reckon Todd Payton's going to have them absolutely ready to come out and, and really attack the Melbourne forwards, as Penrith did. Uh, could be one of the games of the season, Cowboys and Storm. Yeah, looking forward to it. What do you think it is that Toddy Payton's done? Because I looked at their recruitment pre-season, I thought they've brought no one in. They were second to last last season. I had them as my favourites for the spoon, to be honest. I'll tell you what he has done. He's backed himself. Yeah, there's been a lot of noise, and they talk about you know shutting out the outside noise. And Wayne Bennett famously says if you you listen if you listen to the fans, you end up sitting with them. But you know, Todd Payton, for a relatively rookie coach, has some firm ideas on how he wants the game to be played and flat and getting over advantage line. And but they are you know Townsend's had a renaissance. Now he's not he's not running the ball, but he's he's their voice, and that's what it's almost like Todd Payton's quoting now Jack Gibson. I don't give a man a job that they can't do. I'm just giving players jobs that I know they can do. So Chad Townsend, no, I don't want you running. You're not there to make line breaks. You, you are steering us around. You are our voice. Tom, uh, Dearden is our runner. So Dearden's, he, he's their running playmaker. Um, he, he's got Drinkwater playing at fullback, coming to the side for Tabu Ifido, playing so well. Valentine Holmes is back to his origin best in a position he didn't want to play. So he's obviously, you know, he's, he's connected with the players. He said, no, this is the way... I want you to play for our team. And they're putting the team first. 
they epitomised team effort last night. They did not have a bad player. So whatever, they are buying into what Todd Payton wants to do. The players have not done it themselves. The direction of Todd Payton is working a treat. Um, he, he can coach. There's, there's no question of that. Yeah, no question of that at all. I tell you, uh, I'm an Eels fan, Vossi. I think you know that. Mm. And uh, know that, the, yeah. the Eels are tough to pick at the moment. They are so up and down. They're all over the shop. Uh, they shouldn't have lost that game to the Roosters last night, 31-24. They switched off in that first half. Um, I, I don't know about the future of Brad Arthur, but there have been some strange decisions made at the Eels. Uh, to let Papali'i um, go and to let Marnie go at the end of the season look like two of the, the silliest decisions that I can think of. Where do you think the Eels are at the moment? Well, they lost out in uh, in bidding wars on both those players, so Parramatta put a value on them and you know, it's almost like now in hindsight, could they have got all the players? Nia Corre's going to the Warriors, Ray Stone's going, Ryan Madison, a very good chance to leave the club. So, you know, their forward pack is going to be decimated. There's quite obvious Brad Alfred can coach. I mean, he's got them up there all the time. But, you know, you're starting to wonder, can he take them the next step? And then mm. if he can't, would he be better served coaching elsewhere? I mean, Brad Arthur would surely pick up a job tomorrow um, in the NRL. But Parramatta, do they need someone else? As the Dragons needed way back in... Uh, 2010, you know, they, they'd had good years, get the preliminary finals, couldn't get the grand final, Bennett comes, gets them to the grand final, and they win a premiership. I mean, you, you can't, you know, how, how does a side beat Melbourne in Melbourne, beat Penrith at Penrith, but in and around those performances, get flogged by the Cowboys, and yesterday trail the Roosters 25-6, to 6. how does that happen? How can they not be how can they not find that consistency to, to be up with the heavyweights? Um, you know, and, until they start, until they give me a month of, you know, good footy every week, like playing semi-final-like football, there is a question mark over Parramatta. And as a result of that, there's a question mark over Brad Arthur. Does he have the, what it takes to give them the edge to make a grand final? There's no escaping that, Ricardo. You know, you, <laughs> it, it's not just, we're not just putting the boot in for no reason with Parramatta. It's it's set in. Mm. They 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 haven't been able to take the next step consistently. No, you're right. They haven't. Uh, who is the next cab off the rank uh, in the NRL coaching? Because I I will uh, you know we've talked about Barrett. We've talked about Nathan Brown. You know you mentioned Newcastle. Uh, is it Shane Flanagan? Is he the next bloke that's going to get a coaching job back in the NRL? Well, here's the poison chalice. Hypothetically speaking if Canterbury was to get rid of Trent Barrett this week, and there is a chance of that happening, then I don't have an answer for you because I don't think I don't think the next cab off the rink wants that job. See, see Cameron Seraldo might be the number one candidate to, to now become a full-time NRL coach. He does not want to coach the Bulldogs. He doesn't want that as his first gig. Shane Flanagan, that, that, that could not... That would be poison. Like, putting uh, Shane Flanagan in a position where his son is at the team and they're bottom of the table, and they're wooden spinners last year, no, that's not a job I would want if I'm Shane Flanagan. You know, that, that's not going to work. Now, Paul Green's lurking out there as a, a premiership-winning coach like Shane Flanagan without a job. But do you just take the, the job that comes up? Uh, I, look, I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether anyone's rushing to put in their application to coach the Bulldogs if they've had some experience or if they want it to be their the start of a, a long career in coaching. Because I don't think there's any quick fix now at the Bulldogs, even though they've got the likes of Marnie and Kickout coming next year. Um, yeah, they're in real strife. So another name is Christian Wolfe, of course, mm. who's had you know success with Tonga and the like and, and in the Super League. 
but can you could you pick him up right away, right now? Like, could he get a release from his own club? So I can't answer your question as to who is next. I pushed this morning on radio, Gus. Gus. Yeah, Gus yeah, back in the back chair. Gus. Well, I mean, he's, he, yeah, I think Gus, everybody think, I think everybody thinks he's been coaching the team anyway, don't they? So, well, well, that he, that's not a good qualification, then, is it, for the job? <laughs> but, but potentially <laughs> not. Okay. Sorry to, to tell you that, but um, no, their their attack the other night. Gee, I was so disappointed with Canterbury. That was that was that was horrid, horrid on the back of a week where they only scored one try against Canberra. Whatever they're working on during the week, there is no evidence evidence of it in attack in a game. Nothing. Zero. No, I thought the problem was Jake Avarillo, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not, Vossi. No, it's probably not. No. Hey, no, uh, just bef- no. before I let you go, mate, no doubt uh, on this morning's show you would have talked uh, Andrew Simons. Mate, uh, tragedy losing him at just uh, 46. Uh, what's what's the feeling been? Oh, I'm still in shock. I mean, everyone. We had Ian Healy on our program. Now, Ian Healy, Ian Healy only got to play with Andrew at state level, but, of course, knew him so well. And, and Andrew Simons was that character. I mean, you never... See, I, so I don't know Andrew intimately, but he would come up to me and talk rugby league because that's his passion. And, you know, obviously, what about the Broncos? All of this. He was never down. Like, he was... He, he, he had a great uh, Queensland drawl, too, one of the things I loved about him. And you, you just don't see... You, know, you couldn't possibly see this happening. I mean, Andrew Simons is going to be a character larger than life with your forever great fun to be around. This this shouldn't happen. Um and when we're all still comprehending, you know, even going back to the, the passing of Dean Jones way too early, Rod Marsh passing away earlier this year, Shane Warne, now Andrew Simons, we are absolutely numb by this. And it's not just Australian cricket fans, of course, it's it's cricket fans all around the world. Um, and Andrew Simons, and we watched the highlights back like it was yesterday, Century in the Ashes at the MCG, his fielding. What about the package of how good he was as a fieldsman? The diving stops and then pick the ball up and throw out the stumps, direct hit. Um, yeah, it's so sad. And for his wife, Laura, and two young children, Chloe and Billy, it, it's just a, you know, we, we should never use the word tragedy in sport because this is the definition of tragedy, um, the passing of Andrew Simons at 46. Yeah, indeed. Well said, Fossey, mate. Hey, thanks very much for coming on. We'll let you get on with your day. Uh, go well and uh, have a great show again tomorrow, eh? Thanks, for, uh, thanks Ricardo. By the way, the Eels haven't won a comp in 36 years. Just, just yeah, thank, 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 thank you. Thank you, Andrew Voss, uh, there with us from SEN Sydney, uh, the voice of Rugby League. Uh, of course, uh, great caller. Uh, I think the best caller going around in the game at the moment. Uh, still to come on the show, we have Stumped by Smithy, that quiz where you could win yourself a $50 TAB bonus bet and some sleep drops as well. Up next, though, we're talking about the new show that debuts tonight on SENZ at the Oki with Ben Francis. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.